on Wednesday night, I shared a message, and the name of the message was, Do You Need a Makeover? And, and today, I, I'm going to kind of tag just a little bit of that, because I know many of you weren't able to be here on Wednesday night, and uh, just to fill you in with a few of the scriptures, and then, and then share a little bit in the end uh, uh, about what this means as a part two. Because a part two is this idea that says, The Word is your reality. There's no doubt. And we have to abide in Him. And we're going to go to John, we're going to look in chapter 15 and read a little bit. But it is important as believers that we be practicing the things that Jesus preached. And to practice the things that Jesus preached, we've got to know what they are. We, we, we don't get a choice, we've we, we got to know the word. So the, the question that I'll continue to ask as we, as we start today and in the middle and in the end, this question will be real simple. Is how much of the word do you know? Are you relying today on some scripture or some portion of the word that maybe you learned or got a revelation of 10 years ago? Now, the word is true, and it's true in every season, and God's word will not return void, and it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I understand that, and I know that. But here's the deal. In our lives, we grow, and we see success and prosperity, and we see abundance in our life as we appropriate the truths and the revelations of his word. And when we stop getting truth and revelation from his word, it kind of caps us off in our life. It caps us off in our success. It caps us off in our abundance. We watch a lot of reality TV. You do and I do. There's no doubt about it. You're watching all kinds of crazy shows out there. There's all kinds of stuff on TV. The world is trying to tell us what is reality. I'm going to say, and you already know this, the Bible is reality. And you think, well, man, that thing's been written a long time ago. Yes, but it's timeless. It's ageless. And the truths that are in this word are for today and for you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 19, or 18. If you go back in there and begin to read that, it says, the things that you see with your eyes, those things are temporal. The stuff that you see going on around you that doesn't line up to the word and the will of God for your life is temporal, which means it's subject to change. It's the things that you see by the eyes of faith, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I walk by faith and not by sight. It's the things that you know are true in the word of God that you see with your eyes of faith. Those are the things that are eternal, and those are the directions and the places that God wants to take you. It's the truth in the word of God. So what we need to do as believers to be successful in our life is to understand and know the word. And so I ask again, how much of the word do you really know? How much have you paid attention to the scripture Lately, you know, how much how much uh, in Romans have you gotten or in first Corinthians or in the Old Testament? Or if I asked you today, what is God speaking to you in the word? Would you be able to answer that question? I think many times I ask that and somebody says, well, you know what? Uh, back when I was about 18, uh, God spoke. No, 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 you're, you're 48 now. And I'm not saying don't hang on to the promise that God told you when you were 18. But but you know what? It's kind of tough. I told the young people who were in here first service, hey, I'm telling you what, as you go from this point until you go, you got, you got to trust God. You have to trust his word, but you have to grow. There's no room for baby Huey around here. We can't sit around and be 48 years old still living on the milk. There's a time in our lives where we grow up and there's a time in our lives where we eat the meat. And what are you eating in your life? You know, the world has told us that axemen and swamp people and all of these things are reality. Those aren't reality. What's written in these words, what's written in these pages, that's reality. What the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that's reality. And the way God told us to change our life is to meditate the word of God in Romans chapter 12. 
Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 says that he beseeches us, it says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you live basically your life as a living sacrifice. You present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, it says. But then it goes on and it says, but you need to not be conformed to this world. Don't be like what you see on TV. Don't be like what you see in magazines. Don't be like what you see in the mall. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, completely changed by the renewing of your mind to the word. How much word do you know? What portion of the word is God working on? In your life, what thing, what revelation is he, is he proving true? What thing is he asking you to step out in faith for? What thing is he growing you in, in the word? Well, that's kind of hard, Pastor John. I mean, I come to church on Sunday. I know, and he's growing us all. But there's a whole lot of Monday through Saturday out there, and he's wanting to grow you on Monday through Saturday just as much he's grown you on Sunday. He wants to change who you are. Too many people look in the mirror and they say, you know what, man, I, just, I, need, a, man, I need my life to change. I need a makeover. Too many people look in the mirror and don't like what they see. What I suggest is stop looking in that mirror and start looking in this one. Change your mirror. And it's not that you don't like what you see as far as your hair goes or your face or your complexion or your look. It's, it's you don't like who you are. When you look in the mirror, when people say, I just can't stand to look at myself in the mirror, it's not because you've got a third eye in the middle of your head. It's not because you've got a big zit over here or anything else. It's because you don't like what you're doing. You don't like the direction your life is going. And you know what? I don't even think it's about the tough stuff. I don't even think it's like I don't like to look in the mirror because I have bills. I don't like to look in the mirror because, I, because I'm, I'm going up against something health-wise. It's not that I don't want to look in the mirror because I, I'm dealing with situations and circumstances because we all do that. The reason I don't like to look in the mirror is because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't feel like I'm very worthwhile. I don't feel like I'm becoming all God wants me to be. I feel like I'm letting myself down. I feel like I'm letting my family down as a man or as a father, like we saw in that movie. I feel like I'm letting my my kids down as a mom or whatever that might be. I feel like I'm not being very productive in my life. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. Some of us have lived Groundhog Day our whole life. Every day we wake up, it's the same thing over and over again. That's a problem. And that's a you problem, not a God problem. That ain't a me problem, that's not your partner's problem, that's not your friend's problem, that's a you problem. If your life is like Groundhog Day, the same thing day in, day out, then you need to change something. What do you need to do? Get in the Word. Because if you get in the Word, you begin to meditate the Word, it will transform your life and it won't be the same anymore. See, there is a makeover, but the makeover comes from the Word of God. It says in Ephesians chapter 4 that we're supposed to put on the new man. That you wake up and I wake up and we put on the new man. Well, how do we do that? What the heck is the new man? It's who Christ created you to be. Well, who is that? Find out in the Word. See, look in a different mirror. Well, that's a lot of responsibility on me. Yeah, it is. Because you're the only one who can help you. People come and they want to know all the time, what's the answer? I don't know. What's God telling you? What am I supposed to do? I don't know. What's the Word say? See, you're no different than I am. And we can instruct and we can guide. And the Bible says that we're good counselors and that that we give good wisdom to people who come to us in those kind of situations. But I'm telling you, in the end, once you hear the truth or know the truth, it's your responsibility then to put it to practice in your life. And many of us don't know enough of the truth. Too many times we come into church and there's somebody who gives a testimony or shares something or you're sitting next to somebody and you think, man, I want my life to be like that. That person's been in the Word for 25 years. 
That person's been saved forever and been sacrificed and been given to God, been on their knees in prayer, been doing what God asked them to do. And man, their life, there's nothing wrong with aspiring to be like somebody, but realize this, don't get upset and don't get discouraged if that doesn't happen in your life tomorrow. They They got a whole tree full of things going on. They've been planting seeds. They got a whole orchard full of fruit. That comes with spending time on your knees. That comes with spending time in the word. Yes, come to church. Definitely. That's a great place for us to encourage each other and to head in the right direction. But more importantly, get in the word of God. Crack this baby open and read it. What have you been reading lately? If we had to write this down and take a test, would you pass? In the last week, what scripture did you read? What portion of the word? Now, I know I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to messing with you. I know, it's, but I'm just, I'm messing with me too. So it's all right. I've already messed with it. But what portion of this did you pick out? What portion of this did you read? Well, that doesn't make much sense. Begin to pray and open yourself up in a new way and God begin to make it make sense. This is some of the craziest stuff you ever did read. I mean, if you really get into it and pay attention to it, I mean, there's people sleeping with other people. There's all kinds of things happening. People are killing each other. Stuff's going on. Guy's got three wives and nine. I mean, it's awful. And she's telling you, you need to go out and sleep with my brother. And what, what do you mean you got to go sleep with your brother? I mean, there's all that stuff going on in here. This is the most crazy reality show you ever did here because this one is real. And in sharing and talking with our daughter over this, this last weekend just about some stuff, I've, I'm continuing to encourage her, sweetheart, I understand you are smart. You are a smart girl. You don't get to where you've gotten in your life after your freshman year in college without being smart. And I understand you have opinions and you have philosophies and you have stuff that you know. But I am going to tell you, this thing is real and true. And you're only going to go as far in your life, in success, as you appropriate and know this thing. That if you can't understand the word of God and you don't know what it says and you don't know its promises and you don't appropriate them in your own life and you don't have a revelation of the truth that's in here, if faith isn't growing in your life and you're not hearing from God and from the spirit right from the throne room as he leads you and guides you and directs you, I am telling you what it looks like in the natural is subject to change. This is the thing that does not change. This is who God says you are. This is what God says you can do. This is where God says you're going. This is what God says in your life is going to be manifest, but you've got to follow his plan. Therefore, you have to know it. So I talk to her the same way I talk to all y'all. They're no different. And that we, like it says in Ephesians 4, get up each day then and put on the new man. See, we get rid of the old man, the old thinking, the old ways, and we put on the new man. Well, what's the new man? The word. What did you learn this week? What did God show you this month? What has God been teaching you this quarter? What has God been challenging you with this year? See, if you've got to go back five years, ten years, to begin to answer those questions, I'm not saying those things aren't true. I'm not saying what God told you then isn't true. But what I'm saying is we have to live on what he's feeding us and what he's teaching us and what he's showing us today. Austin, God had a word for Austin in this service. That young boy, he, he's wanted to be a sniper and he's wanted to be a, a Marine and a Navy SEAL and all these things his whole life. Since he was a little boy, he ran around here scaring people because he always had knives and BB guns and all kinds of things. He had to frisk him. Everybody else was safe, but that kid needed his own personal metal detector anywhere he went because he was always carrying all that stuff. But you know what? He's becoming that. Had, had a SEAL training thing just this weekend where he had to go down and go through his first set of tests. He's, he's, he's becoming those things. He's seen some of those things that he saw years ago manifest, but it's been a pretty solid and focused existence and walk toward that thing. 
I mean, constantly coming and saying, Johnny, I shot my arrow through this, and I stabbed this thing, and I, I can throw a knife, and I, <laughs> you scare me. But <laughs> keep an eye on that kid at all times. If you're praying, pray with one eye open because you don't know what he's going to do. He's up in the sound booth. You want me to take him out? No, no, he's just, uh, this guy needs prayer. It's all right. So, but I told him, look, this is what God is, I just felt like this is what God told him. As you were diligent to that thing, he's about to teach you and show you something else for that's down the road. And so you need to know what he's speaking. It's not the fact that, okay, I finally got to the point where I'm almost there. Ah, he's already teaching you about the next thing. Open up the word, find out what it is. And then hold on to that as tenaciously as you held on to the last thing. That's part of abiding in him. John 15. If we go there, we can, we can read this scripture and then we can finish. See, I think sometimes we have this, we, we have this, this idea that says, you know what, if I work hard enough, if I try hard enough, and I'm not saying don't work and I'm not saying don't try because the Bible's all about putting your perspiration Put in your hand to the plow. It's all about that. But you can't do it in your own strength. See, we get a little bit of God, and we get a little bit of what he's telling us, and we get a little bit of revelation from the word, and then we look at our situation, and we look at our circumstance. We look at the stuff that we're going through in life, and we say, okay, well, I know this is what God has for me. I know what this is God's showing me. I know this is the direction he's leading me. I understand this is his word, and I'm starting to get a revelation of it. Okay, so now how can I make this happen? And how can I work? And how hard do I have to try? And, and how many beatings and lashings from the world do I have to take before this happens? We all go through stuff. But I'm telling you, if we understand this passage, verses 1 through 5 that we're going to read here in a second, if we can understand this, what we'll see and what we'll know is this idea that says, you know what? We don't have to make it happen. God does. We have to know the word and abide in him. And if we abide in him, he's the one that produces fruit in our life, not us. If we can abide in him, if we can stay true to what he's saying to us, if we can follow his word, his revelation, if we can stand in prayer, if we can stand in faith, if we can step out and be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only deceiving ourselves like it says in James chapter 1, I am telling you, fruit will begin to come on your vine. Find out what it is. Day by day, waking up and saying, God, I want to put on the new man. I want to be who you created me to be today. What is it that you have for me? Open up his word. Begin to read his word. Sit in his presence. Begin to get down on your knees and say, God, I need you to show up today because if you don't show up, I'm not going to make it. That's like me like every minute of the day. If God doesn't show up, I don't have a clue. And at first, that could be a little nerve-wracking. But then it just kind of becomes life. And you begin to learn to flow in his presence, because you're abiding in the vine. See, if I gave you all the directions and I gave you all the parts to a car and we just dumped it out right here, maybe not even a whole car, maybe if I just took the engine and we took it all into all the hundreds of parts that make up an engine and we dumped it out right here and I said, okay, you try as hard as you can to put this together. I'll give you as much time as you want. You can work as many hours as you need. You can try as hard as you want. You can try over and over and over and over again. How many of you think, besides you mechanic people, how many of you really truly think you could do that? You could make it work. I could make it look like, I know, Mike, you know, there's somebody that could probably do that in like 15 minutes and we'd all be driving in a car somewhere. But I, I, I could make it look like an engine, but there'd be a whole box full of parts left over. 
I'd be all messed up. My knuckles would be beat up. I could try as hard as I wanted. And I am telling you, unless there was absolutely sheer blind luck, there is no way that that thing would ever start and run. None. I don't care how much time I had. I don't care how hard I tried. See, and too many of us think, you know what, God, we can make this work. But somehow, we can, man, we, can, we can make it work. God, I'll get out there. I'll work twice as hard to get it. Hey, how about we abide in him? You're still going to have to work. I'm not saying that the work's going to be alleviated. I'm not saying the sacrifice is going to be alleviated. But I will tell you this, that as you follow with God, See, he doesn't say it will always be perfect. He doesn't say you will never have storms. He doesn't say you will never have stuff happen in your life different than what you thought. But what he does say in his word is that he'll always be with you. He won't leave you. See, we want things to be perfect, and I want to go out there, and God told me this like five years ago, and I haven't seen it happen yet, and I have tried, and I have tried, and I have... That's the problem. You have tried. But don't you want me to try, Pastor John? Yes, well, I want you to attempt what God has told you to attempt day by day. But no, I would not teach or preach to you to go out and to try to make things happen that God has said. I would say go out and be obedient to what his word said and what his spirit is leading you to do. And if you'll do that, you'll be successful. Joshua chapter 1.8. Begin to meditate the word, you speak the word, you live the word in your life. You will have success. And it says, you will make your way prosperous. That tells me that the road to prosperity and abundance in my life is already there. The road to success is already provided for me. But I have to play a part in that. I have to meditate the word. I have to speak the word. I have to live the word, which means I know it. Not just the word that's written here, but the thing that God's speaking to you. Are you at John chapter 15? Jesus is speaking in John chapter 15, verse 1, and he says, I am the tree, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. I'm guessing, because i got these contacts in. My arms aren't long enough for me to read read this. Shush, Lori. I told him on Wednesday night, I went to my my optometrist, and they gave me these, I told him I have a hard time seeing, you know, and so they checked my eyes and I was changed a little bit so they gave me these new contacts I'm like man I can I can see stuff and then I told the lady she goes well can you read this and I was like no <laughs> but if you put it over there I can <laughs> I can read it just fine out of your bible over there in that third row and uh <laughs> I said you need to fix them both and she said don't work that way and she said you got to get some of these little these little things you know that are called readers and she said, you can go to CVS, and you probably need 1.25, and you can go pick those up. And I said, hey. <laughs> Vanity always smacks you around, doesn't it? said, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to do that. I'm not that old. And she said, oh, you're every bit that old. And um, <laughs> she said, it's up to you. So I noticed I haven't, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so i got to kind of do this sometimes. <laughs> but he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Now get this, because this is important. This isn't just going to help you make better decisions. This is actually, for some of us, going to alleviate some of the challenge. There's a revelation here that we have to understand. That that God wants to help you. That he's the one who does it in your life, not you. And and that if we can just get this idea to stay plugged into him. If we can just get this idea down that says, you know what, I just need to know your word. I just need to, I need to know your, your will for my life. I need to know what you're telling me to do each day, and I want to be, a, I want to be open. 
It says he's the one, as we read on, it says he'll be the one who produces the fruit in your life. He'll be the one who makes it happen. And if it happens today, if it happens next month, or if it happens 10 years from now, you don't care because you're abiding in the vine. You're where he wants you to be, which is a good place. It says every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. In the Greek, that actually means verse 2. He picks it up. He lifts it. And the reason that it says that is, you know what? You're on his vine. You're hanging out with him. But, man, this is not going. Things aren't right. There's not any fruit. You know what he does in a vineyard? The vineyard, the, the vine dresser walks down. And when he sees those things laying on the ground, vines are supposed to hang. They're not supposed to be laying on the ground. When they're on the ground, he lifts them up and he puts them in that place again. So they can have the sun, so that they can have the air, so they can have the water, the things that they need to grow. It says he lifts them up. That he cares enough about you to say, come on, I know you're doing, I know you're working. Come on, let me, come on, let me help you out. But you got to be there. You got to be there and you got to be attached to the vine. It goes on and it says, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Oh, mama. See, just when you think you got it all figured out, he wants to start pruning at you. Like I told Austin, like God told him and shared with him this morning, hey, you think you made it and you're almost on your way to being a Navy guy and all these kind of things and you're starting to see it. But here's what, here comes Daddy. Big Father's going to come down and start pruning your bush, start pruning the flowers and start pruning the fruit and start clipping here and clipping there. And you got to be all right with that. Just as soon as I think I got it all figured out, God, God just kind of takes me over a different direction over here and says, hold on here a minute, buddy. It's not you, it's me. And he says, you are already, in verse 3, it says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. In verse 4, this is important. It says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. See, you cannot build that engine. You cannot do what God wants you to do on your own strength. You cannot do it in your own wisdom. You cannot do it no matter how much time you think you have, no matter how many attempts you've gone through. You will not make it. You will not get there to be who God created you to be without this thing. Now, of course, the best lesson to learn this and the best time to learn this is when we're, getting, we're young and we're coming through school, and that's why we have Blaze, and that's why we have K for J, and that's why we have Wave. That's why in your house you're teaching the young people, like it says in Deuteronomy. It says, teach them about the Word. They said they took the Word as frontlets and placed them on their forehead and tied them on there. Why? So they could always remember the Word. Why? Because when you remember the Word, you begin to live it. You begin to do it. It begins to, all the, all the promises, all the blessings begin to be manifested in your life because you're walking in the right direction. You're, uh, when you do that, you're abiding in him. The word abide here in the Greek actually means remain. Remain. Remain in me. Don't detach from the vine and go off. Remain in him. The life is in the vine. How does the fruit come to the end of the vine? See? comes through the vine. It comes all the way to the branches and then it comes out. Where did it come from? It didn't come from the branch. It came from the vine back here. That's where the life is. My neighbors were cutting down their tree yesterday, parts of it, and they were, they were cutting off limbs and these things, and they fall down and the limb falls on the ground and it's green for a minute. But I'm telling you what, today they're brown and withered. Why? Because there ain't no life. You get detached from the vine, you lose your life. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, child, unless you abide in me. The word has to be your foundation. 
Abiding in him has to be a priority. You know that. I'm not telling you probably if you've been around, you've been saved for, I'm not telling you anything you haven't heard. I'm just reminding you. Although I am asking you some pointed questions. What did you read in the Word this week? What's God's Spirit sharing with you? What are you hearing from God on the inside of you? I don't know. You better find out. Don't just come nibble and then run off. Stay attached to the vine. It's important. That's where the life is. That's what you want. That's what I want. That's what these kids who are graduating, that's what they want. They're going to go off and they'll go to school. They'll begin to do their own thing. And that's great. But stay attached to the vine. You don't have to stay attached to mama. (laughs) Just stay attached to the vine. (laughs) It's important. It's important for you. It's important for me, each one of us. That if we want to see a makeover, if we don't like what we see in the mirror, then we need to change what's going on. And the only way we can change it is to get into this thing. Get into the word, find out what he's speaking to us. If you come to church next week and I ask you that question, would you have an answer? What's God speaking to you? What have you been reading right now? It's important. Not because you want to answer a question for me right. But it's because you want to abide in the vine and see what God's got for you because he's going to unfold it for you in your life. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.